Hey everybody, Eric Grenier here, and welcome to the 12th episode of the RIT Podcast. We're almost there. It's the last weekend before Election Day, and parties are scrambling to convince those last undecideds and to make sure their supporters get out to the polls. It's looking like it will go down to the wire, so to give you an election night viewing guide, I'm joined again by Philippe J. Fournier. He runs the website 338canada.com as a columnist for McLean's and L'Actualité. Hey, Philippe. Bonsoir, Eric. It's really good to speak with you again. How do you feel in with just a few more days? <laughs> uh, a mix of emotions, I believe. Uh, I, of course, I'm really tired because, as you know, I'm doing a lot of media and I think I, I took too much on uh, <laughs> writing for two magazines, doing three, uh, three TV networks. Uh, maybe that was a bit too much, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, but also, and we'll get into this a bit later, but I am a bit nervous. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in this one. And so, you know, it's not like the Saskatchewan election where we will call it at uh, 8.15 or something. This, this, could be a, this could be a long night. So I'm a bit nervous, I have to admit. Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been doing a lot of elections now. I think I've gotten over 30 or something. And wow. after you've been through Alberta 2012, BC 2013, <laughs> uh, a couple other ones, you don't get nervous anymore. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be right. It's going to be wrong. What can you do? Hmm, yeah, I have to say the, uh, the the most relaxing one for me was Alberta uh, 2019. Uh, I had uh, 82 out of 87 seats, and of the five that I missed, three were within the margin of error. So it was absolutely fantastic that night. I was popping the champagne, very happy. But then, you know, I know at some point it's going to be a hard one. So I don't know which one, but federal one. I mean, usually, usually the, the the federal ones, the, the polls are pretty good, right? Yeah. Historically, I know 2011 was a freak election, but uh, the polls were not that bad. So I, you know, I'm just nervous. So we'll see. Well, it's a healthy a healthy nervousness then. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what we'll do, we'll uh, we have a little game we're going to play uh, later, an over under kind of game. But first, I wanted to go across the country kind of give people an idea of how we're seeing this race shaping up, kind of the races to watch, what we don't know. Um, so we'll start with where the polls will close first. We'll spend not too much time on this, but at 7 p.m. Eastern time, polls in Newfoundland and Labrador close. Um, what are you thinking for, for that, for, for Newfoundland and Labrador? Uh, I'm not seeing a huge amount of change uh, in the current yeah. And just so we're sure, people who listen to this, this is a Friday. Uh, we're recording this Thursday night. So in case the numbers change dramatically over the weekend, you know, uh, this is Thursday night. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So in Newfoundland, I see a liberal sweep. I, I would be very surprised to, if they if they drop one. I know the NDP won St. John East last time, but that was more of a uh, Jack Harris uh, thing than an NDP thing. I see a liberal sweep in, in Newfoundland. What about you? Yeah, I think that's probably the case. The NDP has a decent candidate there. I can't recall the name, but it's someone from the uh, the labor unions in Newfoundland. Um, so maybe, uh, you know, she can take a bit of the vote that Jack Harris would have taken with him. But I think that, yeah, it, it'll either be six or seven liberals out in Newfoundland. I'm not sure we're going to learn much about the results there. No, no. And we, we seldom do. I think, uh, didn't Michael Ignatieff won uh, Newfoundland and Labrador? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was I, th I think it was the only province that he actually did win. So, okay. So if Justin Trudeau <laughs> wins Newfoundland and Labrador, he will That's end it. up like Michael Ignatieff. Um, okay. So then at 7.30, so we'll have half an hour to talk about Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, so after that, at 7.30, the rest of the Maritimes, or I should say the Maritimes, they close. So Nova Scotia, New Brunswick and PI. Um, let's just start with the smallest one, PI. I would have thought that maybe it was going to be interesting uh, back when the Greens were doing a little bit better. 
Mm-hmm. I think now it's just maybe if the conservatives can win Egmont. That's pretty much it. Huh? That's the only question mark, unless again, a huge surprise, but uh, uh, I've, spo- I've spoken with people from uh, either parties and basically, yeah, Egmont is on the table, but the three others should go liberal, barring uh, a very big surprise. So, so yeah. I, I saw that earlier today, you posted um, that on your site, you now have the lean and the toss up ridings uh, that people can go through. And I noticed that a lot of them, a lot of the 11 in Nova Scotia were on that list. Uh, yes, they were. So they were. I feel like Nova Scotia is going to be a place to watch. Let me let me just pull it up here. It's going to be easier for me to comment on them. Okay, so uh, so last time, let's remember that the Liberals won ten out of eleven, but there were some close races also that the Liberals did uh, did win. The only one that they lost was West Nova. Um, so right now, I have one, two, three. I have five out of the eleven that are toss ups. Um, so that's a lot. Uh, so you could see the Liberals uh, losing a handful here. Um, although the projection that I have right now should be around uh, eight to three. If the Liberals uh, have a good night, they should be able to win at least uh, at least eight. I have Cumberland, Ch- Ch- Colchester, uh, toss up with the Conservatives. I have Sydney, Victoria, and I have West Nova. Although I have to say, West Nova... Uh, there was a Main Street poll there, a local uh, Main Street poll that had the Liberals ahead, and uh, mm. you know it by five points. So of course, big margin of error with those, but still, it's it's not a blow up. If the Conservatives do hold on to it, I think it's going to be a close one. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think anything, um, any of the rural ridings in Nova Scotia, I think could be ones to watch uh, that the Liberals might not be able to hold. Um, I'm not sure if there's any that you can really say is all that safe. You know, maybe you can look at a, a King's Hans or, or um, a riding like Halifax West. Maybe they can hold on yeah. to uh, without yeah. any trouble. But, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not very confident about what the results will be in the two Cape Breton ridings. Um, no, you're, correct. And, you're correct. And, you know, when you see how well the PCs just did, uh, it makes you wonder. You know, what does the is the NDP going to be able to win Halifax? Um, you know, I don't know. There's there's a couple ridings there that. Um, that could be a little bit surprising on election night. Uh, I'm not sure what to make out of Nova Scotia. And if we see good results for the NDP in Halifax, good results for the Conservatives, maybe that's a sign that the Liberals will have a little bit of trouble. That's true. I mean, would you agree that in all four four Atlantic provinces, Halifax is the most likely for the NDP? Yeah, I, I yeah, I would think so. I guess St. John's East as well, you would say maybe because they have more of a base there. Um, right. But but yeah, I would say if they're going to win two seats in, in Atlantic Canada, it'd be those two. And, and um, I'm not sure. Maybe Halifax would be more likely than St. John's East. I'm not sure at this stage, but mm. um, I, I don't know. It's it's I, I am curious to see how well the NDP is going to do, because they they're doing pretty well in the polls. They but, are. They are. You know, are they going to keep that vote on Election Day? Uh, I mean, it, they, they are. But again, and this is not necessarily new, but we see that the NDP is popular with young people and very unpopular with uh, the 55 or 60 and over. Uh, and so, you know, there might be, there might be long lines. We know that in many places in the country, there are no uh, polls open uh, on campuses. Mm. Um, so if, if that young vote doesn't get out as, uh, as much as it did in the last two elections, that's, I mean, I, I think I saw a figure, I don't have it in front of me, but I think in the 2011 election, um, the turnout among people under 30 was, uh, was um, about 40%. Um, and uh, Harper won a majority. So if, if that young vote doesn't get out, ugh, the NDP could have a really rough night and underperform uh, their polls. 
Let's move on to uh, New Brunswick. Um, for some reason, I, I feel like the Conservatives could maybe do more in Nova Scotia than New Brunswick. I'm not sure. Um, mm. I, I think that they, you know, they do have a shot of picking up Fredericton. Um, they were pretty yep. close last time. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think, though, with the Green vote, probably going mostly over to the Liberals, that maybe they can win that one. Miramichi Grand Lake, they can maybe pick that one up. Maybe St. John Rothsay um, could be an interesting one. But uh, Wayne Long, the, the, the Liberal candidate there, he's done a good job at kind of distancing himself a little bit from the Liberal Party because he sometimes <laughs> disagreed with them. So I wonder if that makes him a bit more of a local, uh, almost like a local phenomenon. But um, what do you think? Do you think the Conservatives can pick up New Brunswick? Um, I think it could be a split, a 5-5 split. It's very possible. Uh, of course, Fredericton will be the one to watch. Uh, I was really surprised to see the, um, the Main Street poll of Fredericton because I thought the Greens would be at least be uh, competitive, but they were distant third in that poll. And I'm not sure if that the poll is bad or it's just that they really like Janika Atwin and they figured, you know what, uh, you know, let's go, let's go with her. So she joined the red team. Um, then right now, the most likely scenario would be a 6-4 split uh, for the Liberals, but I could see 5-5. But if you take the Atlantic uh, region in all, uh, I have my, my uh, not projection exactly, but my uh, breakdown would be 24 Liberal and 8 uh, Conservative for the whole region. So if you see the Conservatives winning 10, 11, 12, it could be that their vote is really efficient. Uh, they got their vote out and the Liberals could be on for a long night. I, I, and you are a little bit more bullish than the Conservatives than um, my numbers. I, I have 25, 6 and 1. Oh, so and one for, the, one for the NDP. Uh, I think I have, I have them narrowly ahead to the extent that it, in Halifax that it's... Right, uh, okay. It's but, close, uh, yeah. It yeah. could be. It could happen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the way, anyone listening, don't strategic vote based on what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> do not do that. Make up your own mind. You probably know what's going on. You're riding more than we do. All right. Or um, you go to 338canada.com and you go, you stick on every link to see what's happening. That's yes. what you have to do. <laughs> you should still look at it anyway. But just don't, don't blame us if things, uh, anyway. That's right. Okay. That's right. So uh, what's fun, if people are familiar with election nights, is that there's half an hour that you get to talk about Newfoundland Labrador. There's then two hours that you get to talk about Atlantic Canada. Until finally the rest of the country decides to drop all of its votes on it. So at, at 9.30 <laughs> Eastern Time, Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and the North all close. And that's when we start getting dumped with a huge amount of numbers. And this is when governments can be called. Um, so let's start in Quebec. Um, oh, you, ju you just offended people from the Magdalene Islands. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, there's always that one little pole that opens up on Les Îles Madeleine, and it, suddenly the Gaspé is, yeah. There you go. No worries. All right. Port. So Quebec. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. I huh. feel like the, the block has gotten itself back into it, but they might only just be, um, you know, getting back to maybe the 30% range at best, and that I'm not seeing a huge amount of change. Hmm. Well, it's interesting because last week, the uh, narrative uh, from uh, most, uh, most of the Quebecois media was that there's going to be a block, not a wave, but a tsunami, and the block's going to okay. win 50 seats like the good old days of Giuseppe. And I was like, well, if that happens, the numbers will, will pick it up. I mean, will the, the polls, the, we have three daily polls and several others that publish more than once a week. Um, and after the English debate, uh, and that's, uh, we're not going to talk about that, I don't want to, but 
after the English debate, uh, yes, we did see a bump in the polls for the Bloc Québécois. They went from, in my model, from around 26% to 29 and 30%. And then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it, it reached the ceiling. And so I think, it, you know, 30% in Quebec is good for the Bloc Québécois. It's just that there, there's no there's no huge tsunami or wave. Uh, I think the Bloc Québécois could perhaps... Uh, come close to tie the liberals in the uh, popular vote, but that would be their ceiling. Um, and what I'm seeing right now is between somewhere between 28 and 34 seats at best uh, for the Black Québécois. What do you think? Yeah, I think I have the same thing. I have between 26 and 34. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think they might be able to pick off, you know, a, a few of the liberal writings maybe, but if I had to guess, I'd say that the, the liberals probably more likely to pick off a few block seats um maybe here and there um I, I, not... was in... yeah sorry go ahead yeah yeah you were saying he was in quebec right yeah he was in not only in quebec he was in Thérèse de blainville basically on right. the offense right and that's a writing just north of montreal that the liberals lost by one point last election and so he, he i mean he, people ask questions why he was going to halifax playing defense but yeah the facts will be close and so it's normal that he goes but then that he goes into suburban montreal to pick up block c uh, yeah, for me, that, that, that tells me that the liberals perhaps have numbers that show, you know what, this majority thing, it's, it's a long shot, but it's not uh, unfeasible. Uh, if the liberals win two, three more points in the suburbs of Montreal, and we'll talk about Ontario soon, uh, they could get to the high 160s. And if that's the case, if they have 165 or 166, it'll just be just as good as the as, as majority. So... Uh, it was very interesting to see the uh, Trudeau on the on the offense today. Yeah, I think that they see that Quebec still has some opportunity for them, um, and you know maybe it can help offset some losses that maybe they'll have in Atlantic mm-hmm. Canada or, or, or other places. Um, but it, it's interesting how we've seen the conservative number seem to come down a little bit, um, <laughs> and it probably it a lot of that helps the block. Um, but it, it hurts the liberals a lot because there were a lot of ridings yep, where, you know, five, five points coming from the block to the conservatives was going to help elect a liberal. Uh, it's a weird split that is, you know, the kind of thing we talk about when we talk about liberal and NDP splits. Um, but in this yep. case, it, it, it was working against the uh, working against the liberals. Do you have uh, the conservatives? I, I think, I, I, you know, maybe they can pick up one of the Bhopal ridings, um, one of the two yeah. that is in Quebec City area. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Earlier on in the campaign, if you told me they could win 12, 13, 14, I would have said, yeah, that, that makes sense. Now, I think one or two gains might be the best they can do. They, uh, they received the uh, logo kiss of death, uh, the vote of confidence like in hockey, right? Uh, the general manager says, oh, my coach has this. I don't understand. It's so interesting because people in Quebec said when uh, logo endorsed O'Toole, uh, minority O'Toole, uh, people were saying, oh, look at that blue wave is coming. There, there was a many, uh, lots of talk about waves in Quebec last week and nothing happened. <laughs> Except that we saw the conservatives actually losing some ground in Quebec. They went from 21 to 19% on the average. So... As for, I mean, the Conservatives have 10 seats in Quebec right now. Nine of them are rock solid. They're not mm-hmm. going to move. Uh, the one that they could lose is Chicoutimi-Lapierre, uh, uh, Richard Martel, the hockey coach. Uh, I mean, I'm, I think I have him as a favorite, but it's this one, the, this one seat that the, the Bloc Québécois hopes to pick up. Uh, I, they, I could see them winning Trois-Rivières. They came close last time. Yeah. 
and as you said, the the, the two bullpowers were uh, were three-way races. So in those races, you never know. Maybe a, a better ground game, and you have two more points than the uh, the, the others in win. So at, at the ceiling is fourteen. I think it's going to be eleven. So yeah, yeah, I, I have the same kind of numbers for that. Um, what about the NDP? Do you think they can win a second no, seat? No, 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 no chance. You don't. You don't no like chance. Ruth Ellen Brousseau's chances. I, I, I like her. I have met her. She's very nice. I think she would be a great MP. And I think a lot of people in that writing like her very much. It's just that after what happened in the, um, in the English debate, uh, the Bloc Québécois went up. Uh, as I said, about four points. They, according to the numbers, they did not win any grand game in Montreal. So that four points is concentrated in the regions of Quebec. And mm. so um, they, you know, of course, I would like to have local data with uh, Miss uh, Brosseau name on it instead of Mr. Singh, uh, but I, I just I just don't see it. Um, I, I see it only Boulerice and Rosemont and Patrick. Yeah, I, I think Brosseau can win, but I don't know. If, I, I don't know. I think I, I think you might be making a good argument. The, the block going up isn't going to help them in a riding like uh, Bertie Masquinonger. Oh, so. yeah. oh yeah. So. Um, what about Max and Bernier? What do you think? Uh, nope, losing by at least 10 points. He lost by nine points last time. I think he's going to lose by more this time. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, his party, the People's Party, and we'll, we'll talk uh, about it a bit later, but the People's Party will probably quadruple its vote uh, uh, percentage-wise. So that's good for them. But uh, he went hard after the anti-vaxxers and anti-sanitary measures. Uh, and although there may be 8 to 10% of those people in the country, there's not 40% of those people in votes. Yeah. Uh, so it, I think he will lose votes uh, and he will, uh, he will lose by a fair margin against uh, the conservative candidate. Yeah, I know. That's I think a lot of people have asked me, you know, is he going to win? Is he going to win a seat? And I always say, well, you know, the people who voted for him in the Bose, you know, he was an MP for a long time. His father was an MP before right. that. Um, the Bernier name meant something. These weren't all people who believed in the in the mission of the People's Party. And now that it has gone over more to a place where it's getting a lot of support from, um, you know, anti-vaxxers, anti-vaccine mandates, people that don't like lockdowns. I have no reason to believe that there's a lot of them that live in the Bose. You know, there's no. nothing particularly different about that riding that would have a big concentration of those. Um, right. people so you know i think that it's possible that because he's getting a lot of attention maybe he's able to make some gains but at the same time i could imagine lots of people who voted for him because they liked max and bernier they liked the bernier family not liking this discussion and maybe he loses support in votes so um yeah i i mean it's still their best chance i would say yeah but oh yeah, oh, I, yeah. I i i wouldn't bet on it but i i no one, no one quote me. <laughs> and also, and also, uh, I remember breaking down the results of uh, two years ago. I, I think the next best result for uh, PPC was six percent. I think nobody else than Maxime Bernier and one other broke the six percent barrier. So, where are they going to win seats? <laughs> and yeah. uh, and also, it's in Quebec where the PPC is the lowest according to the polls. So, yeah. Maxime Bernier, no, uh, he's not going to win. Um, my cat is, is chirping a little bit around. So if you hear her, uh, that's, that's her fault. Um, <laughs> right. While we're talking, we were, you know, we're talking about where the PPC could have an impact. Uh, let's move to Ontario. Um, yeah. I currently have them at around 6%. And the riding, I think, where they got second best was Nipissing to um, and But that's because they had a candidate who was, I think, a former mayor in the area. So he had some right. personal appeal and he, he's not running again for them. Um, so again, it's, it's a question of the people who voted for them last time. 
not mm. necessarily the same profile as the people who are voting for him this time, right? So, right. Um, so anyway, um, what do you think about in Ontario? Um, you know, I currently have about a five-point gap between the Liberals and the Conservatives, and to me, that means we're not going to see a huge amount of change. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Liberals won Ontario by nine points. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Nine points. Uh, and so if they win by five or six, that still splits some votes. Uh, that's, as as that's, still, that's still, you know, that, that flips a few seats. Um, but last time in 2019, I got burned by the NDP in Ontario. I had the NDP winning, I think, a dozen seats. Uh, and I believe the average was around 20%. And in the end, they had 18%. And that 2%, that underperformance of 2% for the NDP cost them about uh, eight seats. So, you know, I, I look at Davenport in Toronto. I look at a bunch of very close races between the Liberals and the NDP. And I figured you have to favor the Liberals in those close races because of the ground game, because of the, again, the demographics uh, who votes for those parties. But I, maybe I'm galaxy brain this stuff. I, mean, I don't want to right. overthink it sometimes. I look at the numbers and I don't want to put too much of my, uh, my biases into this. But um, I see the Liberals winning a, a majority of seats. Uh, earlier in the campaign, two weeks ago, I don't think I would have said that. It was really close at some point uh, when the, the Conservatives peaked and when they were polling at 36% uh, in the country. Um, now I have my average right now is 66.43. So it's still a pickup of, I believe, nine. Oh, sorry, 36. So it's still seven seats for the, the conservatives. So it's it's tighter, but the liberals still have the edge. Uh, yeah. What do you what do you think? I think this is the place where we have maybe the bigger differences, because I have the liberals at 72 um, and the conservatives at 36. And again, I have the NDP quite high. I have them at 13. Uh, and maybe they're not winning some of those seats that, you know, look better for them in Toronto or Northern Ontario. And because of that, you know, their number comes down and maybe the Liberals win those, but the Conservatives overperform in the GTA and win some ones from the Liberals. But the thing that I, I find is an issue for the Conservatives is that, you know, there's lots of seats in the GTA. We talk a lot about the GTA, but a lot of them were won by pretty comfortable margins, right? Those seats yeah, in Mississauga, those seats in Brampton were not yeah. really very competitive. And that's 11 seats right there. And, you know, even if the margins have shrunk by four or five points, a lot of those ridings were won by 20. Um, That's true. So, you know, that whole area stays red. And, you know, there's a chance for the Conservatives in the ridings north of Toronto. That's where they have a good base. Yes. Um, but I, I'm not, sh- I, I don't, you know, I'm not sure if they break into Oakville and Burlington and that area. I'm not sure if they, um, how well they can do. Because, you know, if, if you saw the Nanos poll that they put out with the GTA numbers, yeah, yeah. not really great numbers for the Conservatives. No, um, no. So I, I, I feel like they might be, because if you're basing it on where they are in the polls right now, their numbers in Ontario are more or less unchanged from the last election. Right. Um, so it's kind of looking at places where the Liberals would drop behind them. But, I'm not but sure if, if there's the, that many. But if the NDP goes up to three points compared to last time, you, you, have, you, you don't win uh, Windsor, you don't win uh, Hamilton. Right. Um, so, but then again, I mean, we could say the same thing. I mean, I was looking at the local numbers for the Niagara region a place very dear to my heart. I worked there. That's where I learned to speak English, the Niagara region. Uh, The the PPC is high in that region. I mean, it's not high to win a seat, but I saw a few few local polls that had the PPC at 10 or 11. Uh, So I've heard anecdotally that there's lots of signs out in the uh, Niagara escarpment. 
And so suddenly St. Catherine's that I normally would have said, okay, this was a really close race last time. The conservatives should be able to pick it up. Now I'm not too sure uh, yeah. because of the PPC. Yeah, I think that's going to be an issue for them, uh, because even in, in a lot of those ridings, like a Richmond Hill or something like that, um, right. if the PPC has three, four points, um, you know, that's that's and, and maybe a lot more than that, um, yeah. that could end up making the difference. And in some of those ridings, like you said, like a, a riding like St. Catharines, look at some of the Kitcheners, look at, uh, yeah. um, you know, London's places that maybe the conservatives could pick up the, the PPC might end up ruining that for them. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, it, you know, something that the Liberals have been complaining forever of the NDP, the, the Conservatives yeah. will feel the pain here. So uh, yeah. what do you think of the, uh, the Greens in Ontario, my friend? Yeah. Um, the Greens, look, the thing is with this, with the Green Party, uh, if they're going to win seats, it's going to be because of whatever happening is happening local, because their polling numbers are awful. Yes. Um, you know, they're at 3% in Atlantic Canada. Um, you get, you actually have polls now that sometimes put them at zero, um, yeah. because it's so hard to find a green, a green voter in Atlantic Canada. Um, and in Ontario, they're also at about 3%. Now are they, I don't think enemy poll can win Toronto center. No, um, no, no I think chance, that'll no be chance. too, the liberals aren't tanking enough. They would need no. to be doing very badly. Yeah. The question is Kitchener center. And you know what? I have no clue. I have no idea what's going to happen there. <laughs> and nobody does. Um, maybe someone has done a poll there, but I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm not even sure that the liberal candidate Saini will finish fourth. He might finish ahead of that. Who knows? Lots of people might have yeah. already voted for him and they didn't know he was not, uh, you know, he's on the ballot. Yeah, he's um, on the ballot. Yeah. I know, I, and I don't know if liberal voters in Kitchener Center are going to get the message that they have to all get back behind one party. Um, and so if they end up splitting three ways between a phantom candidate, the, the NDP and the Greens, uh, it looks like a conservative seat to me. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, the the, the, the uh, Green candidate finished second with 26%. Uh, so if, I mean, Greens also, always say, you know, by locally, right? Again, the local campaigns matter far more than the national campaign because the national campaign is a disaster. Um, but so, so, okay, so his baseline from two years ago is 26%. If he goes up to 31, 32, oh, Wait, he has to hold, he has to hold his 26. Yeah, well... Yeah, I'm, ge I'm guessing he will hold it much because, again, local races. I mean, he, has he lost a lot of uh, those, uh, those, you know, those partisans? I don't know. Uh, but like, uh, tell me this. A month ago, hmm. was he at 26? Uh, probably not. Right. And so now all of those people who left him have to go back to him. And then yeah. he has to gain from uh, the liberals. I don't I like I totally can see the Greens winning this because of the local dynamics. But hmm. I also think it's it's going to be a mess i think it'll be a mess i even forget what i i mean you can just check my website what, what do i have i have a toss-up conservative ndp and green i have a three-way race that sounds oh. fair okay that'll be fun i love, I love three races so. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right why don't so, we move okay. on unless you have more to say in ontario we can move on to the um race. well <clears throat> the uh it depends on where you uh how you draw the gta but According to my map, there's a 30 seats in the GTA plus 25 in Toronto. That's 55. Yep. The last two elections, the Liberals have won 49 of 55. And the Conservatives cannot win without piercing that armor. They have to go through. They don't have to split it even ways, but they have to get some in there. Uh, so, I mean, when those, uh, those uh, 
polls open, uh, we'll look at Quebec, of course, we'll look at, but if you see that uh, the GTA still is between 45 and 50 seats for the Liberals, it's lights out, it's Liberal minority, or maybe more, we'll see. And here's a point uh, to think of, and it'll apply for everywhere else, but if the Conservatives aren't winning seats on election night, they're not going to win them when the mail ballots are counted. Um, there's going to be the same kind of dynamic. <laughs> it might not yeah. be as, as dramatic as the United States, but there will be the dynamic that I think that the Liberals and the NDP are going to win the mail ballots. Um, yeah. So the Conservatives aren't going to pick up seats as more votes are counted. They're going to lose some. So if, if they're mm-hmm. already behind in, in, a, in a Richmond Hill, if they're already behind in a King Vaughan, um, they're not going to win it. And um, yeah. and if that's happening, they're not picking up those seats. I don't think they're winning a plurality. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, it's they would have to cause many surprises to win the plurality at this point. At this point in the race, at least. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it could still happen. But anyway, let's go to the prairies, Manitoba and Saskatchewan. I I think uh, I still have them glommed <laughs> on together. But uh, why don't we start with Manitoba? Um, Manitoba, I have one interesting seat. I have only one. Okay. Can you guess which one? uh winnipeg south uh i have winnipeg south uh, liberal uh wait let me see wait i'm looking at him now uh <laughs> oh uh blah, blah, blah. kildone and st paul charleswood charleswood Charleswood. there you yes, go, you it's got charleswood. It. Charleswood, of course it's charleswood james. it's a long name charleswood st james Assiniova, and heading late so i have this as a toss-up between the liberals and conservatives uh it was won by the conservatives last time um, but uh, so the the liberals seem to be doing okay in Manitoba. Maybe not so much in Saskatchewan, but from the polls that we saw, they seem to be holding on. Uh, so uh, what do you have in Sprouts? Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, I think that's the only writing I have that isn't changing uh, yeah. from the last election. Um, and that's one of the ones where the PPC vote, I think, matters a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did. They, it was one of their like marginally better ones last time. Yes. Um, I, although I think it was because they had a former MP. Um, was it former Stephen MP. Fl- is, Stephen Fletcher? His name escapes me, but yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, some of the polls have had the PPC at 10, 15% in the prairies, uh, including in the Abacus poll that was out uh, yesterday right. uh, or on the Wednesday evening. Um, so yeah, so I feel like that's a riding where, uh, you know, you could have the Liberals and the Conservatives both at 33%, 35%, and it's whatever the PPC gets that makes the difference of whether it's the Conservatives or the Liberals who win it. Hmm. Uh, Kildon and St. Paul could be interesting. It should, I mean, it should go to the Conservatives. They won it by double digits last time. But again, as you said, that PPC vote, I mean, this, the, uh, Mr. Pallister did not really help the Conservative brand in the last year and a half. No, don't uh, step down. So maybe that helps. Maybe that helps. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I have six seats for the Conservatives, five for the Liberals, and three for the NDP. Total 14. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I have the same thing. Although I think right. I might have the Liberals ahead in Charleswood. I, I, actually, when I look at it now, it's a 0.03 gap between the two. So <laughs> let's not pretend that matters. Tough. Very um, tough. Saskatchewan. I've, I've gotten a lot of questions about Saskatchewan. Um, all right. So there's uh, the rural ones. The question to me is how many does the PPC break double digits? Uh, maybe the Maverick party, do they end up doing some decent numbers? But aside from that, um, there's the Northern riding, which uh, I think is one of the ones where you and I cannot call it. <laughs> no, no. I feel like that is cannot. such a local, a local dynamic. It's a, it's a majority indigenous population. 
They yeah. have uh, uh, Buckley Belanger, who was an NDP MLA for a long time, running now as a liberal. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. And I'd say uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd say it's just a toss up just uh, out of a purely, um, you know, a subjective uh, kind of viewpoint. Absolutely. And it could uh, it's also a huge territory. So the, the turnout could be even lower than uh, it is usually. Um, you know, the, the Conservatives had 42% last time. The NDP finished second with 28, Liberals with 27. Um, I, I, I spoke a lot with uh, many journalists, local journalists there, and uh, many of them told me uh, 14 out of 14, all Conservatives. Hmm. It's going to be some close races, but the Conservatives are winning every single seat. And I'm not sure that's the case, uh, but they seem pretty confident about it. And the only one they mentioned maybe was this one, Desnete, Miss Sydney P, Church or whatever. Um, I, I wonder which, Yeah, I wonder if the NDP could win Saskatoon West. Um, mm. But uh, that's more for me based on maybe some earlier numbers in the campaign where the NDP seemed to be doing okay in the prairies. Um, yeah. I think that is a possibility. And again, if the PPC has a huge chunk of the vote, maybe that helps the NDP there because uh, there's not going to be many vote splits on the on the left uh, between the liberals true. and the NDP, right? Uh, I Actually, this is a riding where I, and again, this is just my little numbers. They don't mean <laughs> anything. This is one where I actually have the PPC ahead of the liberals. So um, there's actually a few yeah, of them in Saskatchewan. <laughs> Yeah, I have them well, tied. Like it's uh, entirely plausible. I have them tied uh, at around 10% each. Uh, the Conservatives won by eight points last time. So, I mean, it's possible. Um, I think that's also a part of Saskatoon where the provincial NDP did well yeah. uh, in the last election. So it's possible, but I I don't know, man. This this The, the big blue machine in the prairies, uh, it's going to be tough to bet against. Uh, yeah. I know it's, it was NDP in 2015. I know that. But, yeah. Well, you uh, mentioned it, though, an eight-point gap. Yeah, it's easy. I can imagine the NDP holding their vote and the Conservatives losing eight points to the PPC. It's Yeah, it's possible. And maybe oh, that's how goodness. they do it. Oh, and that's if that happens in, let's say, a 10 or dozen writings, uh, they're going to talk about that a lot after the election, huh? won't they? Yeah. And, oh, and in the Saskatchewan election, there were a few writings that flipped because of the mail ballots. So mm. because the NDP beat the Saskatchewan party on the mail ballots and they lost the popular vote nationwide by margin of two to one. So it just shows oh. this, yep. you know, we might not, I mean, I, I don't, I feel like when in the U S election, everybody was talking about it, but this time no one's talking about it, or at least it's not as much as they should. <laughs> well, the, the, the province that had the most mail ballots was BC. And I don't think many uh, seats flipped after that maybe because the NDP was just overwhelming in that election but maybe yeah. that's why we don't talk about it much yeah well and, and in BC the, B, the NDP won the, the mail vote uh, I, when I broke it down um, but so, did it win it by a greater margin than the, yes. uh, the oh they did huh yeah really? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. so the BC liberals so so we, we don't have the same it's not going to be like 90-10 like it was in the states but right, um, right. you know in some of these close races all right let's move on to Alberta um ah i love alberta i love me some alberta because all oh, right now what's going on with jason kenny it's gonna i mean oh yeah I that's think a mess maxime bernier, maxime bernier announced that he was going to alberta today um and so i had the conservatives uh winning 32 31 maybe 33 seats in the province they have 34 um but then the PPC has uh, candidates, I think, in close to every writing. I don't want to say every writing. I'm not sure, but they're I only missing in uh, Calgary Center. It's the only okay, one. so 33. 
So uh, if Maxime Bernier goes there and there's a lot of anger on the right, uh, yeah, maybe a few of them can flip. Uh, and we could have a return to 2015 when the Liberals won four. Is that possible? What do you think? I, I think that with, I think I, I do expect the PPC is probably going to get a bump out of this. And maybe they mm. end up in double digits um, in Alberta. And in some of these ridings, I think the NDP picks up potentially the Edmonton Griesbach riding. And mm. I think the Liberals can take Edmonton Center. They can take Calgary Skyview. But I'm not sure about the other ones because, um, you know, Edmonton Mill Woods, uh, you know, that was Amherst yeah. Sohi. Uh, I'm not sure how much of that they can hold on to. And mm -hmm. Calgary Center, that is the one where there is no PPC candidate. So um, mm. maybe that makes it harder for the Liberals to pick it up. And then after that, I'm not sure where they pick one up. Um, that's that's how I would put lay out the field. Um, the the locals, the, the locals that I spoke to said that 33 conservatives won NDP and many close races, but they don't uh, they don't materialize for the Liberals. But that was before Jason Kenney's uh, announcement of the vaccine passport and all of that. So. I mean, if it, if, if it flips two points, three points, uh, that could be enough for the Liberals to win a couple of seats. So, yeah, I think some people are sometimes biased towards the status quo, um, especially <laughs> in a province that always seems to be dominated. So, yeah. oh, sorry, making noise here. My cat is trying to, uh, she is not cooperating. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I think Alberta is really going to be the interesting one to watch. Well, actually, it's not going to be the interesting one to watch, but I'm really curious about it because of yeah. what the PPC is going to do. And, um, and uh, you know, if, if in the end it becomes, it ends up being a very close election, um, you know, the Liberals might be very happy they win two or three seats in Alberta. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Or let's say they do very well in the East and you, they're hedging towards very close to a majority and it's the Alberta seat that pushes them over the edge. Oh, it's going to be, oh, my yeah. goodness. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I like chaos and I like, uh, you know, so yeah, it's, it could be fun. It could be fun. Yeah, but yeah. Also, well, I mean, we're in this just to have good storylines. That's all we oh, want. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> What's the point? The sun's going to explode one day and everything's going to be destroyed. So let's have fun, right? Well, that's all right. Um, <laughs> BC. <laughs> uh, well, hey, we should, the North. Um, oh, the North. What do you think about the North? How do you approach it? I, um, I, I just approach it with, I use the national swings. And I, of course, the, my, the uncertainty in my model is inversely proportional to the population and the uh, average turnout. And mm. so in the, usually in the, you know, you could have a uncertainty of plus or minus 6%, sometimes 7%. In the North, it's going to be closer to 10%. Uh, I think that's the rightly, that's the scientific thing to do simply because we do not know. Uh, we don't have local polling. The local polling that we could have uh, could, would be really unliable. And there's a low turnout. So um, who shows up to vote? Uh, I, I have liberals. I have the status quo right now, liberals within Yukon and Northwest, Northwest Territories. And I have the, uh, the NDP still winning uh, Nunavut, even, if, uh, even though Miss Kakak, I think her name was, mm -hmm. uh, is not running again. But the uncertainty is really high and the people that I talk to say all three are toss ups. So, yeah. 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 I, I also just kind of use it based on the North, um, the uh, national trend. So, and the fact that the polls haven't shifted all that much nationally since last time, yep. it means I also had the status quo, but uh, people out in the North, um, your vote matters a lot, a lot more than those of us in the South. So, <laughs> um, okay. BC, BC. BC. Um, BC is a mess. It is oh a complete God. mess. So <sighs> in my 
So this was my, the update I published on Thursday. I had the Conservatives at 30.2 and the NDP at 30.1 <laughs> um, and, the, and the Liberals at 25.8. So they were the only ones that were putting a little bit of a gap. Um, yeah, uh, to me, there's, I, I, there's scenarios where any three of the parties win the most seats. Really? I think, wow. Yeah. Less likely that the uh, Liberals do it, but because um, my high range where I'm not getting crazy with the ranges is 14 for the Liberals and my low mm -hmm. for the Conservatives in the NDP is 12 and 13. Um, okay, so right. technically you could just have a three-way split in the vote and a three-way split in the seats. So last election, Eric, uh, it was 17, 11, 11. 17 Conservatives, 11 NDP, 11 Liberal. Uh, right now I have 16 for the Conservatives, 13 for the, the NDP and 12 for the Liberals. Uh, so it's, it's, it looks like status quo. It's just that the numbers fluctuate so much in BC. And of course, there's a big difference between Metro Vancouver and the interior and Vancouver Island is a, a completely different animal, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, I have the liberals third, but they all, they have a higher uh, ceiling than the NDP uh, in my model. They could go as high as 18, uh, but their average is 12. Um, but, you know, the, the, the Conservatives should not lose most of their rural seats. I mean, those, those should not change hands, in theory. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah. I, I'm interested to, I'm just to know what you think about the Green Party there. Yeah, well, because they're now at about 6%, so they're about half the vote they had last time. And oh, um, yeah. there's a lot of seats that they don't have a candidate in in, the, in right. the lower mainland and a lot of them were really close ones last time um right. so where does that vote go because in some of those ridings they're liberal conservative battles but maybe out in bc it's more an ndp green kind of split than a green liberal i don't know um right. so i'm not sure i i agree it is a bit of a mess because there were a lot of three-way races last time and the polls haven't shifted too much this time if anything they're suggesting it's getting closer um so yeah, what, what role does the Green Party have in those ridings? What role does the PPC have? Um, uh, yeah, to me, BC is a complete complete toss-up. And because of all the mail ballots, which are yeah, yeah. greater number in BC, yeah. uh, I, I feel like we'll find out what's going to happen in BC on like Thursday. <laughs> I have Elizabeth May winning or, or riding. And of course, I, I'm in Montreal, so of course I'm far from there. I spoke to a little, uh, some people in Victoria um, and they, you know, it's just, she won by such an overwhelming uh, amount in those elections. And so the Greens would really have to completely crumble everywhere. They did, but the local races matter. And, mm -hmm. uh, and a question I'm wondering, and that's for after the election, of course, if Elizabeth May is the only MP for the Greens, th does she go back at being a leader? <laughs> I, I'm guessing not, but uh, it, there's going to be pressure. Um, uh, and Paul Manley, well, he won because of a split vote. I seen some local polling that show he's, he's still competitive, um, but he's gonna he's gonna need some ground game because the NDP and the, and the Conservatives will also be competitive in that riding. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Elizabeth May is is that would be shocking if she lost, um, though not impossible, but it would be surprising. And for Manley, I feel like um, you know he he you can't rule him out. Uh, despite the fact that the party seems to be doing badly otherwise. Um, but also, you know, I, 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 those, uh, the polls that are done at a writing level, uh, you know, they can, they can be unreliable. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, he did kind of buck the trend a little bit, I think in 2019, 
if I remember correctly, but, um, or at least he certainly did with the by-election win, but yeah. I'm not sure if, um, if, uh, if they, but here's, here's a question for you. All More right. likely that he's elected or that uh, they win in, in Kitchener Center? <laughs> um, I have a good feeling for the Greens in Kitchener Center. I think the local candidate matters a lot. And I think some of those Liberals will be far more inclined to support the Greens than other parties in Ontario. Um, the Greens are not a, a, a menace a menace to uh, the Liberals. Uh, so I, if, if one of those two is elected, I would say Kitchener Center. All right. Um, okay. So I think we've done the table. Um, right. uh, you know, we are not going to make predictions, um, but why don't we finish with this? Um, so right now in my probabilities of winning, this is again from the Wednesday update, I have 72% chance the liberals win the most seats and a 28% chance that the conservatives do. Um, okay. where are you at just in terms of winning the plurality? Right. Or at least um... the, the most seats. Um, my odds right now. Oh no, sixty three thirty six. So yeah, I'm a bit, a bit. Uh, I, I think I have the conservatives a bit higher than other uh, aggregators. So, uh, so yeah, so about one third, two thirds. Um, okay, All right. right now. Well, we're even okay. not too far apart, and and it's hard to quantify what these actually mean. So, um... <laughs> what about majorities? What do you have? Uh, what's your odds of majorities? Uh, I have a twelve percent for the Liberals, one for the Conservatives. Okay, I have sixteen for the Liberals, two for the Conservatives. But okay. so twice as much as me for the Conservatives. Yeah, <laughs> but thing is, but thing is, that's the thing. The Conservatives. I looked at their map. Uh, I could get on board for a plurality. I can go on the map and say, okay, they're going to win this, 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 and going to win the close races. I, I simply cannot see a majority conservatives. My model says it's possible. Yeah, but the thing is they would have to win all the toss-ups that they already own and all the toss-ups that they don't own that they're playing. And yeah. that really happens unless the polls are wrong. And again, at the federal level, yeah, there's sometimes regional disparity, like the the the, the Alberta last time they missed by nine points about uh, in uh, for the Conservatives. The it's really rare that federal polls are really wrong. So, yeah, because they could be off by two or three points, and yeah. uh, that would be a pretty big. That would be a you know not a insignificant miss for the national polls, but I think the Conservatives need a five, six, seven point yeah. miss in order to exactly. be in majority territory, and that's just not. I mean, Mark, you know, we'll regret this afterwards, but that's just not going to happen. <laughs> hey, I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal. And we're here to tell you about Canada's top. And only. And only daily business news podcast. It's called The Peak Daily. And every morning we get you up to speed on the need to know Canadian and global business stories. And we do it without all the jargon that can make business news a little. A little dull. Dull, exactly. And did you mention we do it all in just seven minutes? Six minutes if we fast forward through all of your dad jokes. Well, I prefer to call them rad jokes, Brett. See what I mean? Come for the daily business news, stay for the dad jokes. Join us and thousands of Peak Pals every morning to start your day smarter. Find the Peak Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Eric, you want to play some over on there? Yes. Okay. Uh, we've already been going for a while, um, so uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this, I guess. But so, yes, the idea is that we're going to give a number and a thing and we have to choose either the over and the under uh, but you can't choose the actual number right so it's got to no, be no I, I i use uh, decimals so oh you use oh. decimals okay i don't so which don't makes push. it more complicated uh, <laughs> why don't you go first you can do a first one 
Okay, I'll 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 uh, I'll start with uh, this one because I think it's funny and it's uh, okay. Um, one million votes for the PPC. What say you? How much did they get last time? Six hundred. Last or time, last time they got two hundred and ninety-four. Oh boy! Okay, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, just to hmm. if if the turnout is the same as last time, and it probably won't be, but you never know. If the turnout is the same as last time, that comes out to five point four percent of the vote. Hmm. So one million votes for the PPC. What say you? Over under? I will say. I think if you if you hesitate, that means the line is good. I think it is <laughs> a good one. I'm going to say <laughs> under. Hmm. But. Just by a hair, okay. I bet like like nine fifty. I get something like that. I I kind of agree with you. I think the, if the polls are correct, they're getting more than five percent of the vote, uh, but their turnout could be down. Um, and also, some of these uh, PPC supporters may have a surprise when they go to the voting booths and learn that you have to wear a mask and you uh, have to yeah. comply with the sanitary measures. Otherwise you get kicked out. It's a rules by elections Canada. Um, so I'm going to also going to go under, but I think it's going to be close. That's a good That's point. I, I hadn't thought about that. That is because yeah, the rules are, it's not that elections Canada setting the rules, but it's whatever rules are in the place where you're voting. Right. Um, right. So if there is no mask mandate as a, in some areas, then you don't need to wear a mask. But if there is, um, then you have to. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That might have an impact on turnout and will probably make for some awful stories on election day. Um, <laughs> so thanks for that. I hadn't thought about that. Okay, um, here's the simple one. Um, right. Now I'm not using a, a decimal point, so it does make it more complicated. You have to choose the over or the under on this one. Okay. One, one seat for the Liberals in Alberta. Oh, so not 1.5 or 0.5. No, no, one. it's either they don't win zero, they win zero or they win more than one. Okay. Okay. So 0.5. Okay. Um, no, no, no. It's uh, one. It's one. One. Do you think they'll win two seats or more or do you think they win uh, zero seats? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one, Eric. I think I, I hadn't thought I, about using decimals. That's a good, that's a good one though. Yeah. That's how the, that's how the rollers. Um, I would, I think I would push and say exactly one, but if I have to choose between zero and, and more than one, I, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna go with more. I'm gonna go over. I think, I think Skyview, I think, uh, I, I think the liberals could surprise in urban Calgary. Uh, their provincial government really has not helped in recent years. Uh, maybe that doesn't sway a lot of votes, but uh, I'm gonna go over. But it, this, this is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. What do you a say? Few, a few days ago, I probably would have taken the under. Uh, but now I think after uh, what Kenny uh, did this week, I think uh, I think the over is is more likely at this stage. Hmm. Okay. So we seem to agree so far. Let's see if we'll disagree on this one. Uh, the number of seats for the Bloc Québécois. And now again, when you do an over under, if I say 50, 55 seats, of course you slam the uh, the under. Uh, the the, mm -hmm. the, the role the, the game here is to find the line that will make you hesitate. Last time they won thirty two seats. So I will set the line at 32.5. 32.5 seats for the Bloc Québécois. What say you? Over, under, and why? I'm going to take the under. I think that under. their numbers seem to be capping. And if they can't reach more than 30% of the vote, um, I think that doesn't mean they pick up seats. Uh, I think that the 
conservatives might be able to pick off maybe one or two from them, um, like the Bhopal ones that I talked about. And yep. I think that the liberals, maybe they can, maybe they lose one if the block gets a, a good result. Um, but I, I, I having more difficulty seeing them make gains, but mm -hmm. I, I'm having, I don't have an issue seeing them do better than we thought and getting up to 31, 32. I don't, I'm having trouble seeing them at 33, 34. Okay. Well, maybe my line was not okay. Well, I'm going to go under as well, but for the same reasons. But uh, if I said the line, okay, let's say I said the line at 29.5. What would you say? Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that would be tougher. Uh, <laughs> I think with the last little boost they got, I maybe would take the over at that point. Wow. So... Okay, so Eric Grenier predicts between 30 and 32 seats for the Bloc Québécois. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah, I guess that's it. Okay, um, let's see. What else do I got here? Um, well, while we're in Quebec, let's say, um, I, I, I'll do the, I hadn't thought about the decimals. I'll do a decimal for this one. Um, okay. 10.5 conservative seats in Quebec. Ah. <laughs> uh... They, they have nine that are rock solid. Uh, Will Richard Mactel fanned off the Bloc Québécois in uh, chicoutimi le <sighs> That Saguenay region is really sovereigntist, uh, has been for decades. Uh, and they would then it would have to win either Bhopal, Limoilou, or Trois-Rivières. I think they'll get Trois-Rivières, so that's 10. I'm going to go 10.5. I'm going to go over. 10.5 for the Conservatives in Quebec. All right, just to be controversial, I'll take the under uh, <laughs> because the Conservatives have always been talking about making these breakthroughs in Quebec and they just can't, they just haven't. In the yeah. last couple of elections, they're always at 16% of the vote. Um, and, yeah. and I think, I, I feel like at this stage, it's it's put up or, or shut up time. And I'm I'm saying it's they're going to fall flat. 10 seats or 10 seats, right. that's where they end up. So the under. We disagree on something. All right, I have, uh, I have another one for you. Let me just uh, pull up my numbers here. The number of NDP seats in Ontario. Now, they won six last time. Right. Right now, my average says 11. But we talked about perhaps not uh, them uh, underperforming their votes. So I will set the line, number of NDP seats in, uh, in Ontario. I will set the line at 9.5. What say you? Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to regret it, but I'm going to be bullish. I'm going to say over. Ooh. I think, I, I bet you that in some of these ridings in Southwestern Ontario, like Essex, mm -hmm. um, uh, the conservatives are really hurt by the PPC. The NDP vote there is not like a young vote. It'll turn out. That's and true. they pick up seats like that. In, Ont in Northern Ontario, um, you know, the, the Ontario NDP did well up there. Uh, the Liberals aren't seemingly very as strong as they were last time in Ontario. That vote mm -hmm. shows up. Um, so I think that gets them to, let's say, nine, uh, nine or 10. And then I maybe they win one in Toronto, maybe right. or Hamilton. And that gets them up to 10. Uh, but okay. I, think, uh, I think in general, I think the NDP is setting up to be disappointed. Um, <laughs> just cause I, I just don't, the vote just isn't very good at turning out and, uh, the strategic voters get peeled off. The young people don't go in as much numbers as the pollsters give them in terms of their waiting. And, but anyway, but I do think in Ontario, they, they pick off a few conservatives 
couple of liberals and they get up to 10. All right. Okay. So I, you know what? 9.5, I will take the under. Uh, I, I, again, I got burned last time with the NDP in Ontario. My projection was almost perfect except for them. Uh, so I, uh, in, for spite, I will, I will take the under for the NDP in Ontario, under 9.5. So we disagree a second time. All right. Now here's one that I'm going to not use a decimal because I think it makes it more challenging. Okay. Okay. Number of green seats, two. Oh. So you got, is it is it that they win one or is it that they can win three? Well, thing is, what if they do win two? Can I push? No. What, oh, what does I that mean? I'm not push. a better. I don't know what push is. <laughs> oh, push push means I mean I say exactly two. When you don't use a decimal, oh. it, since it's possible that they win exactly two, I have the option saying over, under, or push. Push oh, means. Uh, no, you can't okay. do that. <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, yeah, I it's think... a dilemma. You have you have to come down on one side or the other. That's right. No, you're right. You're right. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to go over. Uh, I, I think they, they keep the two in BC and they, won, they win Kitchener. And you know what? Maybe a big long shot surprise. They still win for Directon, although I don't believe that at all. But you know what? They, something unexpected is going to happen this election. This, is, this could be one of them. So I'm going to go over. I say three seats for the Greens. What do you say? Um, I kind of agree with you, but, uh, but I think I'm going to just take the under because I feel like I feel like two is likely. I feel like they either can win Manley's or Kitchener Center, but I, I have doubts that this is an election that goes well for them and they can win both. Um, but, so that to me makes me say that it's more likely they win one than they win three. Right. Um, so I that's think fair. that's, I think, uh, because I'm like you, I think they probably win two. Um, but yeah, I think, I think just the balance of stuff, I, I can see it not, <laughs> not working out well for them. If, if they actually do win two, this one is a tie. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, all right. What do you, do you got any more? Do you want to, I, I have one that I'm going to uh, finish off, but then, um, I, let's do uh, let's do one last one. Okay. Um, <sighs> okay. Conservative seats. I don't know. We already did Alberta. That's not, we don't really did, did Alberta. Okay. Uh, conservative seats in Ontario. You said you had them at 36, right? Yeah. They won 36 last time. So that means that according to you, they're, they're not making any gains, net gains at least. Yeah. Net gains. That's, I have the, I think hmm. I have the liberals losing some to them, but the NDP picking up some from them. Hmm. Okay. That's not a challenge because I have them at 43. So maybe that's the big difference here between our models. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to yield to you. What's, uh, what's your last one? I'm, I'm okay. Listening. All right. The time before the next election, 18 months. <laughs> it's going to take a while to send the winner, huh? You say 18 <laughs> months. Okay. So when does, so that would be a winter of 23. Right? Is that correct? Um, yeah. Am well, I wait. What, what, it would put us in March, March of 23. March of 23. Uh, Alberta is going in April of 23. 18 months. I'm going to go... I'm going to go uh, over, over. I think it's, I think if it's another minority, it's going to be a longer one than this one. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Because uh, the liberals will have a close debt to experience if they do win. Uh, the conservatives, if they do win, uh, they, you know, they might not have a dance partner for a while, but Stephen Harper was able to make it work for a while. 
uh, and there's still the pandemic and there will be uh, very hot budgets. I, you know, I, the, the, the fact that the liberals lost so much ground early in the election because they called the election, at least that was part of the reason. Uh, so March of 23, I think I'll go over. What do you say? Um, just because I want to explain the alternative scenario, I'll take the under. Um, All right, go ahead. I, I'm listening. So I'm imagining the liberals get reelected, but they lose seats. Um, the party is kind of hobbled and everybody kind of recognizes that they're not going to win the next election. The conservatives, um, I think, probably eat their leader alive and replace him <laughs> with someone that is going to be more PPC friendly. I think that the, oh. a lot of I think the base of the conservatives is going to take the lesson that we tried to go to the center and it 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 didn't work and it hurt us. So that means we got to get back to our true principles and they elect a more conservative leader um, to replace Aaron O'Toole, who is going to be a lot more gung ho. Uh, the NDP gets a decent result. They're still thinking that Jagmeet Singh is very popular and maybe the third time will be the charm. And the block, uh, I don't know what the block does. But um, so in that scenario, wow. so in that scenario, they get a budget passed next spring because no one wants to go that soon. Uh, we start to believe that the pandemic's over again next summer. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and in the fall, the opposition parties believe this is the time to take this government down. Trudeau has st stayed on for too long. Uh, he should have stepped down and been replaced by someone earlier. Now's the time they call they force an election in the fall. And so we have an election in the fall of 2022. All right. So you say under. that's a very interesting scenario. That's I, I like that. It's plausible. Uh, may I, I'm not saying I believe may, it, but it may makes I, sense. Uh, may I uh, add to, to that story a little bit? Sure. You, um, as, as long as we're going long anyway, but I know we're almost done, but um, the next election. So let's say your scenario comes out. I say in the summer, Twitter figures like, you know what? I've been, I've, I've been this, doing this for seven years. I'm done. He takes Christian a walk Freeland, in the sand. He takes a walk in the sand. Christian Freeland becomes uh, the liberal leader and she faces... Uh, the conservative leader, Leslie Lewis, and we have two women facing off. And the conservatives realize that, yes, they really like Leslie Lewis, but she doesn't speak French and they get destroyed. And we have a liberal majority. <laughs> maybe. I mean, while we're while we're in this alternate reality, uh, maybe it's Poliev who becomes the conservative leader and and, you know, he can perform in a French language debate. Um, so that's true. That's true. He was good on Radio Canada. He was good. Actually. Yeah. yeah. So but yeah, no. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, wait, here's one. Here's okay. And this will be the last, last go one ahead. for real. Over under of the. I have a last one. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Over <laughs> under of the amount of leaders who resign by the end of next week. Um, I'll put it at 1.5. Do we count Bernier? Um, sure. Okay. 1.5. Next week. Um... I, 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 under, <laughs> under, uh, just on me, Paul, uh, and she won't even resign. She'll stay on until they, they put her out. Uh, do you, do you stay over? Um, I, I can imagine Aaron O'Toole and I can imagine enemy Paul and mm. I think that's it. So mm. Uh, it, maybe I should have put a, a less of a timeline that resigns as a result of this election result in a decent amount of right. time, uh, right. sort of like because Andrew Shear did last time. And in that Shear case, I'm now sticking he, it. He resigned in December, I think, right? Yeah. So by the so end of the year, let's say that. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. By the end of the year. Uh, okay. Now that's reasonable. So enemy Paul. Well, thing is, let's say that Jackie Singh does really badly on election night. You know, I've, I've heard rumors uh, that uh, why not? He could uh, join the Ontario NDP and face off against uh, Doug Ford in, uh, in June. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just politics fiction. Uh, I would else, yeah, if you give it until Christmas, I'll go the over. I'll go the over. Yeah. All right. If, if Trudeau loses, he's, uh, he's out. Yeah. And if, uh, and if uh, O'Toole loses badly, uh, his party won't tolerate him, I think. But who knows? Yeah, I feel we'll like see. one of those two, probably not, probably the last election, but we'll see. <laughs> one of those two. All right, what's your last hey. one? And then we'll, we'll, we'll finish it off. No, I'm done. I, I, I was talking about Jack Mead Singh leading the Ontario NDP against Doug Ford, but that's, you I, know, that's it. Uh, I just want to say, Eric, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. Too bad we have to have an election and <laughs> it'd be more fun if we could just do this instead. All right. Well, thanks very much, uh, Philip. Uh, it's always a joy to talk to you and to really kind of delve into this stuff with someone who... Uh, thinks about things the way I do. Why don't you tell people where you'll be on election night? Because uh, maybe if they want to catch yes. you, that's where they can find you. Yes. So uh, I will do stuff for CTV over the weekend, CTV Montreal. You will see some of it on CTV National. But uh, on election night, I will be on Nouveau. Uh, this is a, a Bell Network. It's like the French CTV that they want to compete against Quebecois. So uh, I'll be on Nouveau pointing at maps and pointing at numbers and being there until 1 or 2 a.m. until the, the election is decided or not. Uh, but in the meantime, please go to 338canada.com. The site is free. It has ads. I apologize for the ads, but it has to pay the bills. So uh, so that's where I'll be. Uh, and Eric, I, I want to plug your site because I think it's great. I read all the articles. I don't comment because I don't do that. But uh, your website, The Rit, is really great. Uh, you do a great job. The visuals are great. The, the writing, of course, is great because uh, you have a lot of talent for this. And uh, I really encourage everybody who's listening to this to go to your website and uh, get a membership because it's worth it. No questions and answers this week or rundown of the polls, so let's just get straight to the last election in our review of recent federal election campaigns as part of the Every Election Project, the 2019 federal election held on October 21st, less than two years ago. After four years in office, Justin Trudeau's liberal government was on the ropes. The SNC-Lavalin affair was just the last in a series of missteps or scandals that had sapped liberal support. Going into the final summer in 2019, before the fixed election date, the Liberals were trailing Andrew Scheer's Conservatives in the polls. Jagmeet Singh, who, like Scheer, was named leader of his party in 2017, was struggling to have his NDP break through, and some polls had the New Democrats running even with Elizabeth May's Greens. Yves-François Blanchet, named Bloc leader earlier in the year, didn't give the Bloc much of a bump in the polls over the summer. By the time the campaign kicked off officially in September, the Liberals had pulled nearly even with the Conservatives in the polls. They seemed to have some momentum, but that blew up when photos emerged of Trudeau having worn black or brown face on several occasions in his past. That stopped the Liberal momentum in the polls, but it didn't reverse it. From that point on, uh, during the campaign, the Liberals and Conservatives remained deadlocked, as neither party could gain ground with voters. The French-language debates, however, helped boost the Bloc Québécois and sank the Conservatives' hopes of making gains in Quebec. The English debate boosted Singh and the NDP, and the combination of these two factors made a minority government almost inevitable. 
In the end, the Liberals were able to hold on to a plurality of seats despite losing the popular vote to the Conservatives. The Liberals emerged with 157 seats. That was down 27 since the 2015 federal election. They took 33% of the vote. That was down six points. The Conservatives won 121 seats, a gain of 22, and they gained two points to end up with 34% of the vote. The Bloc Québécois, they jumped from 10 to 32 seats, whereas the NDP dropped from 44 to 24, and their popular vote fell 4 points to 16%. The Greens, they were able to pick up two seats, and they gained three percentage points across the country, ending up with 7% of the vote. And of course, the People's Party under Maxime Bernier, uh, Bernier did not win his seat of Beauce, and the party captured just under 2% of the vote nationwide. Now, the Liberals won Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland and Labrador, Yukon, and the Northwest Territories. But they suffered big losses out in Western Canada. They lost 10 seats combined in British Columbia and Alberta. Ralph Goodale was a casualty in Saskatchewan. Uh, They dropped three seats in Manitoba. They also dropped five in Quebec, four in New Brunswick. But the reason that the Liberals were able to hold on to a minority government was that their vote held up pretty well in Ontario. They only dropped one seat from the last election. They also only dropped a seat in Nova Scotia, one in Newfoundland, and they kept their four seats in PEI. They did have big drops of support across Western Canada and as well as in Atlantic Canada. They had swept the whole region in 2015, but their vote held up in Ontario and Quebec. And that was really the difference for the Liberals. The Conservatives won British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. This is where they made their big gains out in Western Canada. Seven seats in British Columbia. They were up four each in both Alberta and Saskatchewan. And they also gained three in New Brunswick. This was really an opportunity missed. They only gained two seats in Manitoba, they only gained three in Ontario, and one in Nova Scotia, and they actually dropped two seats in Quebec. While they took 69% of the vote in Alberta and 64% in Saskatchewan, they were down two points in Ontario, they were down a point in Quebec, there was no greater Toronto area breakthrough, and because of that, the Conservatives just couldn't make up any grounds in the seat count. This is why they were able to win the popular vote, but not win the most seats. The NDP, the only province or territory they won was Nunavut. They just suffered big, big losses in Quebec. They had 16 seats in Quebec in the 2015 election. They dropped down to just one. The bloc rose to 32% in Quebec, and they were able to win lots of the territory in Quebec that they had lost to the NDP back in 2011 and the Liberals in 2015. The Green vote, it jumped to about 12.5 percentage points in British Columbia. They were able to hold on to Nanaimo Ladysmith on Vancouver Island, a a riding they'd picked up in a by-election. And they spiked to 17% of the vote in New Brunswick and 21% in Prince Edward Island. They were able to get a breakthrough in New Brunswick with a win in Fredericton. Things seemed to be going in the right direction for the Greens. People's Party, they only topped 2% of the vote in Alberta and New Brunswick. And as I mentioned, Bernier did not win his seat. Scheer held on to his leadership, but he eventually resigned after elements of his party didn't support him. And he announced his resignation in December. Elizabeth May also would step aside shortly after the election. Now, the minority parliament managed to survive, but the Liberals were not recovering from the election result and were still neck and neck with the Conservatives when the COVID-19 pandemic struck. But Liberal fortunes improved, the Conservatives chose a new leader who looked vulnerable, and the Greens were falling apart. The political situation looked pretty good for the Liberals, and here we are today. Well, that'll be it for this episode of the Writ Podcast, the last regular episode before the polls close on Monday. I'll try to have a bonus episode out for subscribers to the website at some point in the early hours of Monday to go over the final polls of the election. On Monday night, I hope you'll join me for my election night YouTube special. It'll be starting at some point after 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll go all night. 
Some friends and special guests will be stopping by during the live stream and it should be a lot of fun. So surround yourself with various devices, point one of those to my YouTube channel, grab a drink and settle in for what could be a long night. You can find the channel by searching The Writ Eric Grenier in YouTube, and I also have some links on my site and on my Twitter account, at Eric Renier TW. Okay, hope to see you there on Monday. Until then, get some rest this weekend. Be sure to vote on Monday if you haven't already, and I'll see you soon. Bye.